Hi and welcome to another episode of Morphtastic Live. If you don't know already, this is the audio version of our live show, so please bear in mind you will hear us interacting with people leaving comments which you cannot see. If you would like to see the video version, you can find us on YouTube by searching either Elite Geckos or Morphtastic. I would like to say a huge thanks to our supporters. I'd like to say a huge thanks to Jay Eco Geckos at Life Food Hub, who's been a constant support from the day one. Uh, he has sponsored us and doing many things for us to help us continue doing what we are doing. I'd also like to say a huge thanks to David at Bubba Geckos. Jeff from J5 Geckos is also doing some amazing 3D print caves, bowls, etc. I want to say a thanks to Leah at Better Geckos, Carlos at Coastal Side Geckos, Ryan at Recto Reptiles, Chloe from Chloe's Geckos UK, Elena from Wendigo Exotics, and Malt Zimmerman from Only Geckos. I am your host, George from Elite Geckos, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, there we go. Hello, mate. Hello, George. Great How to you be doing? on. Great. Finally, uh, I think we took us three or four tries to finally uh, get the time right to, for us to make it happen. And that just... Uh, I'm known for being a late guy. I'm, not, I'm known for it. <laughs> we, fi- we, we finally got it. Anyway, how have you been? Did you have a good Christmas? Christmas was great. I spent it with my uh, sister and um, uh, we had great lunch and dinner. So we did two uh, double Christmas meal. Um, we had the traditional American uh, Christmas dinner with ham, and being Asian, we also had some uh, a second meal with Asian food. So um, that's uh, so it was a wonderful Christmas. How about yours? Yeah, just your t- typical traditional English Christmas. You know, big buffet of foods. Um, I know Peter from PM Geckos. He's a fellow American, and he he was like, "It's my first traditional English uh, Christmas meal. It's amazing." You guys have had weird stuff like cheesy leeks, <laughs> but yeah, amazing. I, I'm a I'm a Christmassy person. I love getting family together and all sitting around the table because when you get older, you and your siblings you don't always sit down and have a meal. Do you know what I mean? So it's nice to get everyone together. Oh, yeah, that's what the holidays are about, right? The people, the family, and uh, when you can, for us having this, uh, and my job makes it great being a teacher, having a couple of weeks off. So the fam- my wife is also a teacher. So with the little one at home, we've had three, now two weeks together. Mm. Uh, so together, uh, we're not sick of each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it must be hard for you at the moment then with, with COVID and everything in the I'm assuming, what sort of teacher do you do? Are you like a school teacher or? Yeah, I'm a, uh, we call high school teacher. That's uh, usually the ninth year to the 12th year. Um, I think in England, you guys go up to, remember speaking to one guy, go up to 15 or 16, then you go into either higher education or job training. But um, that's right. Yeah, I teach um, high school literature. So which is uh, the ninth to the 12th year in um, and that's a big job. Uh, really, it's teaching literature, teaching reading, teaching writing. So um, I'm usually out of the house about seven in the morning, and then um, school goes from uh, eight something, eight thirty ish until three o'clock. And then I'm also the the tennis coach, so I'm usually there until six o'clock or sometimes seven o'clock before I get home. It's like eight o'clock, so. These are long days. So that's sort of one of the reasons why when uh, we were trying to make the schedule to be on live was a challenge. And uh, those yeah. are just, you know. Yeah. Um, 
you must really enjoy what you do then because if you, if you to do all that teaching and obviously you've got to come back and you've got to deal with your leopard geckos as well yes um that's uh this year the leopard gecko's been uh i've expanded a lot so it's taken a lot more time than i expected so um you, you don't <laughs> know what it's like until you you're thrown the fire so you know i've uh had to get up an hour early in the morning to do some feeding. I had to stay up an extra hour or two later to do some feeding and cleaning. So, um, yeah, I'm usually up about 5 a.m. And some nights I'm not in bed until 11 or midnight after all the feeding and cleaning. So, but, um, you know, in a way, um, we're like a parent to, to these uh, little babies. You know, we yeah. they depend on us to care for them. And so being a parent, you... Uh, myself uh, with real human kids you sort of know like hey you have to do what it takes and whatever it takes is uh, what you have to do no matter what so if I don't put in the time to feed them they go hungry you know you don't want Definitely. to hungry. yeah I, this is why I think leopard geckos are a great pet for kids as well um, because it gives them something to like life skills almost like we got to look after this thing you got to feed it you got to water it you can't just walk away from it sort of thing it shows them sort of life skills oh certainly yes um, well um, I when I teach I'm always about um, what even if it's literature whether it's literature or coaching tennis uh, always uh, it's about teaching them um, through the vehicles of whatever you're doing mm. um, you teach them about life. And I don't know if you guys, uh, have, um, you know about the movie, The Karate Kid. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, in the movie, the teacher always say, um, karate is everywhere because the idea, whatever you learn through karate, and it doesn't matter if it's a karate, if it's breeding leopard geckos, if it's tennis, um, everything teaches you about, like you said, discipline, yeah. um, responsibility, um, how to uh, deal with problems, uh, you know, so... Those are all great things you can learn to uh, improve yourself as a person to face life. Yeah, definitely. So with your teaching, do you, I know we briefly spoke about it, do you incorporate your breeding or like, for example, I can imagine if I was like a, a science teacher and I was, I, I was teaching, let's say, sex education or something, I could use the leopard geckos as an example, you know, like, Here's a female leopard gecko, a male leopard gecko. This is what happens. Do you do that sort of thing? Do you bring it in uh, when you're teaching? Yeah, I don't purposely do it. Whatever I'm teaching, I'm always, um, I think uh, the content itself is not necessarily easy for kids to understand. So sometimes uh, in education, we have a thing we call a KWL. What do you already know for the K? Uh, what do you want to learn? You know, things like that. So without the prior, and then the prior knowledge, and so I always try to bring in outside information. Uh, if the kids can understand this real life information, uh, then they can make the, the leap sort of to say, um, to understand the concept I'm teaching. So it's kind of like you can't run until you learn to walk. Yeah. So I have to figure out um, where, um, what the gap in knowledge the, the kids have that I need to fill in that gap. And sometimes it just bring in from the um, outside, from the real world for the kids to connect, then they can have an interest and want to learn. So, um, um, so I don't purposely do it because I try to keep uh, myself professional, sort of keep up that wall that I don't want to get too personal with the kids. Um, and, and it's just, um, it wasn't that way when I was growing up as a student, but now it is that they sort of, 
if you get too close, um, the kids know too much about you. They look up your Instagram, then <laughs> they can hear the principal something that you never know what you're posting that they might just um, think is inappropriate. So I sort of have to uh, be careful, but I do, it's from time to time. And I don't want to make my classroom a, uh, uh, to promote my leopard gecko breeding business. So, but yeah. when I put in the techniques and the number of times that the community, that's the one thing that's been great about this leopard gecko breeding community is the people. And I talk about when we talk about like team, when we talk about working together and the way in this community, we all ask questions and we share and we learn from each other. So yeah. I've, I've that up. So that is the one thing I've uh, learned. Uh, not learn, but realize about this leopard gecko community is uh, people are just just great. You know, despite uh, when I first came in uh, about uh, on on social media about two years ago when they talked about all the bad stuff with Facebook and things like that. But you know, they're always good and bad. But I'm going to say mostly good out there. It's been really good. Yeah, no, ma no matter what you do, you, the same with you. I know you won't, you can't say it on camera. You always get bad apples at anywhere in, in life. You always will have your selective few. It's just that no matter what you do, uh, whether you're a footballer or whether you, you your hobby's cars, you're always going to have that negative side to whatever hobby you get into. Right. And, and you bring up the negative, and that's the, the one thing I'll throw out. Uh, I'm known for my life lessons and and the one thing I tell people is um, uh, think about how long you may want to do something like a job, for instance. Uh, in America, people retire at 65. And I said, before you pick a job, just jump into it. Uh, take your age, subtract it from 65, and think about the job you want to do and think about mm -hmm. the worst thing. And if you have to do that every day, would you want to do it? You know. And so that's, like you said, there's a negative to everything in uh, and we kind of have to look ahead for it, to be prepared for it, to learn how to deal with it, you know, and uh, accept it as is, because not everything is uh, the glamorous moment in holidays, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. A anything that doesn't have any work isn't worth working for. And like you just said, if you don't, it's similar with you, like you said, with the work, if you don't enjoy your work, what's the point working, doing that job sort of thing? But same with the leopard geckos. You, like you just said earlier, you do all these hours teaching, which must be draining with COVID as well, looking after your own kids and then coming right. back to look after your leopard geckos as well. You have to do that if you love it. You couldn't do that if you didn't love it. Right, exactly. You, you know, everything has its... Uh challenges and like you said if you truly love it you, you'll do it you know and and as a and because i work with teenagers and teenagers often experience their first love and and i i take that same concept and i say it's the same as picking your wife or husband you know pick uh the average lifespan is 72 for a man so take the male and subtract his age from 72 and take the female's age and subtract from 78 now think about uh, the worst thing about that person and you know, if can yeah. you live with it for many years, you know, so um, I, I sort of approach life that way. Um, sometimes it's not that I don't have passion, I don't have love, but I think number one is um, reality is there are these challenges. And if you truly love it, you, you're willing to uh, deal with those challenges, you know, and, and get through it. 
totally agree. Totally agree. So how did this all start for you? How did all the leopard gecko breeding start? For you? Did it? Did you just stumble <laughs> across it? Would you like? Would you like me and many other breeders where we we got our first one as a pet and it sort of took on from there? How did it all start for you? It, you know, I, and I've watched a number of your uh, your shows, and I know this is a common question. So when I watch these shows, I think about it, and and I'm going to just say it's sort of funny, but I think it's my it's my fourth midlife crisis why I started breeding. <laughs> uh, um, I, and I say that um, I've, uh, I've, had, I've always been keeping myself busy doing something. Um, I guess until a few years ago, I recognized that it's probably I just want to learn, some, learn more about something, improve upon myself, expanding myself. And um, um, I've... Um, it was about, uh, it was 2019, so when I uh, started my first uh, season of breeding, and I really only had five geckos, and um, they were pets, and mm -hmm. I had thought about breeding, but I really was too busy, because right before that, I was a um, personal tennis coach for a touring uh, junior player, and she was national level player, so uh, kept me quite busy. I was working about 20, 25 hours a week with her. Um, and and so, um, but when we uh, things didn't work out, and uh, when we split apart, um, I just found myself with all this time. So what do yeah. I do? How I'm so busy, and so I guess it's kind of like any type of breakup is uh, you feel this hole in you. How do you feel? <laughs> you know. So and I thought about and I've I've kept um, bearded dragons and um, leopard geckos for now about eight years. And but um, for I had already been keeping them for about five years. So when that time came and I said, you know, um, let me start. And I just had three females, uh, which were just trempers that I kept to breed. And um, and when I took it on, I even looked ahead that um, I did so few. I wasn't even thinking about selling. I was just yeah. I wanted to. It was the that first year was to go through the act, the physical act of what it's like to do all the things you do. And and I'm one of those who's a heavy reader. I, I read up books, a number of books. I read up dozens of websites on all the things you do. And no matter what, how much you read until you go through it, there's still something that's just not in the books. So I was really glad that first season that I took it as not about breeding and selling, just breeding to go through the act. So I, it was great. I didn't have too many babies to deal with. But I learned to, uh, you know, the incubation issues, the egg issues, and all these things that, you know, like I said, they're not in the book. So um, maybe the, there should be a book out there, not just how to do it, but uh, with all the problems you deal with, you know. That's like um, anything in life, though. Anything you do, there's always something that's missing, and you have to learn by doing it yourself. For example, I do, I do building work, and I do plastering and decorating. You can read a thousand books about plastering, but the only one way to learn is when you grab that trowel and you try it yourself. So the same with leopard gecko breeding. You can read so many books, but until you get breeding, you're in, you know, you're getting your vermiculite, your ratios, you, it, it all learns when you, when you do. I'm, I'm dyslexic, so with me, I, once I actually get my hands involved in something and try it, that's when I start to learn. I can read things and read things and it will just keep mumbling in my head until I get my hands involved. Then it all starts coming to me, if that makes sense. 
Oh yeah, certainly. I can even imagine a you know um, a job like plastering, where um, the, this angle, that angle, that much pressure, that much less pressure, and you know it's the same as um, in when I coach tennis and when I work with privately with people, I can't just tell them this is how you uh, hit a forehand because in real play, an opponent can hit the ball high, hit the ball low, hit the ball left, hit the ball right. A millimeter this way, millimeter that way. And so there's a number of situations really just a ball to deal with. So it's the same with breeding leopard geckos. And I think, you know, um, uh, going through the questions, I know somebody always asks, like, what's the advice? And I think the advice is uh, be prepared for the unexpected because it's always going to come, right? Yeah. Hundred percent. So, what 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 has your experience been like starting out in the in the hobby? Um, I know for me it was quite tricky. I I, I don't know whether it's an, like an age thing with me. When I first started, it was almost like I wanted to be rec not recognised, but I wanted the good breeders to almost accept me in a way. So, did you experience anything like that when you started out? Was there any sort of negative, or did you sort of keep it to yourself and you bred some geckos and Oh, certainly all of that. And I, and I'm one of those people that I, I'm usually a uh, low key person and, and about halfway, uh, a few months in, I found myself caught up in, I'll just say all the stuff that was out there, despite being a low key person. And mm. no matter what, it's sort of, you want to be, you're right. You want to be recognized. And, and there's so many aspects to, to breeding. And I think, um, people really need to ask themselves, what is their purpose? There's no right or wrong way to do it as long as you do it the right way for your purpose. And, you know, and I just, and I was breeding to breathe. And of course, there are extra babies that say, well, you, you can start selling. So once you start getting to the selling, then when I started researching about that, then you're right. Um, the, line, the word out there is always uh, buy from reputable breeders. I'm like, well, how do you get to be reputable? It's one of those catch-22 things where you, even if you buy geckos from the from the best breeder out there and you use them to breed beautiful, amazing babies, um, you're still not a reputable breeder, even if the geckos are coming from reputable breeders. And then you get caught up in, okay, how do I get recognized? And um, I actually had was already breeding for a season and a half until somebody told me like, hey, um, you should be on Instagram. You got to take pictures. And... This is, and I'm already about, I'm already 47 years old at the time. And so not really that much into social media. So it was a, a thing. I had my daughter set up my Instagram account so I can learn how to take pictures, how to post it. And, and I thought in the very beginning, well, I just post once a week. Then you see Instagram um, advice out there. Well, you have to engage. You have to be active, posting, you know, I started doing that. And you have to do this to to be uh, for the algorithm to get followers. And, and I went through all of that until in the very end, it, um, I will just say, um, as I said earlier, it's nothing against people who do it. I just have a busy life where I'm out in work and doing things for 12 to 14 hours a day that like, how much time do I really have to go through all the followers and all the postings, mm -hmm. then try to post two, three times a day as they recommend. And it was, um, God, it was just, um, exhausting so but i've made it a i'm one of those structured and routine kind of people so i've made it like a certain amount of time i have just to get on do my post go through and um so um and then just 
I got to make the time to um, take care of the babies and, and more importantly, um, myself and my family, the people. I don't want to say that animals are not important, but if if I can't take care of myself, then um, can't take care of the babies, right? That's how it goes. That's it. That's it. You made a very valid point uh, earlier, actually, and I really liked it about the uh the reptile breeders bit how like you said how do we all start like oh that person isn't a reptile breeder i wouldn't get it from them but they bought two geckos from steve, steve skies but still he's not reptile i'll be careful but like you said how do you start you you you're, we all start somewhere do you know what i mean so there's, there's this level where it's like you sort of get trapped so I, I i did when i first started i felt trapped but i like that that you brought that up yeah. because i know there'll be a lot of new people watching this almost feeling the same because i know i get a lot of people that hit me up and say oh thanks for saying that like uh almost feel like i put myself in your guy's shoes sort of thing but um but yeah well um it's... this is my, my third year breeding and i still consider myself a new breeder and I, I will say i don't even want to call myself a breeder i would say i'm a person who breeds because mm. man, i think to be a person a real breeder how much experience now do you really need a do you you must have to really be at that level to say you're a breeder because you know it's kind of like in restaurants right are you are you just a cook in a in a diner or are you a chef in a five-star restaurant sort of thing so but in the very beginning i know i i bought some nice uh bolt somebody recommended getting to bolt stripes and and i got my group and they looked amazing and i didn't know about the whether a person's reputable or not. And then somebody say, where'd you get them from? They're gorgeous. I was getting people inquiring about my geckos until they find out like, well, it's this and they don't know. And then I just try to trick myself to believe like, you know what? It's fine because um, in the end, even the reputable breeders take a chance on something, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you think yeah. about it, all new geckos that come out, somebody's got to take the chance with it to say, hey, this looks great and to be able to take it further to to develop a name so um, I tricked myself into that um, like I said I even some people look at me like so I know so much I know so much reading, I know so much because of uh, life experiences that have uh, helped me understand things a little better and easier but uh, in the end it comes down to it when I first got in um, as a 46 year old guy talking to people and they're like oh yeah i'm a 17 i'm 18 these young kids i say were light years ahead of me in this field so um i wouldn't say tumbling because as a teacher one of the philosophies i have is to be a good teacher you have to be a good student because if you don't understand how you can't be a good teacher you know yeah Every, every day is a school day for all of us. We learn something every single day. We might not realise it, but every day we all learn something. Oh, certainly, yes. You probably learn stuff off your students. Probably one of your students come in and go, oh, sir, I watched this. This is what I learned. And you're like, oh, I learned that. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> because of my philosophy and belief in, in what uh, learning is, I'm always looking for that. I, uh, my son, who's uh, 10 years old, is out there, um, playing tennis now and then when I work with him um, I can learn from him because there's you know some even some things just aren't the same if you don't look at it from a different angle and because you know so sometimes like when some people out there discount the newer 
for younger people and said, hey, they they could see something differently and you could learn from that. And so every day I am learning from my students. I tell my students that when they point something out, hey, oh yeah, like I see it. So she needs to learn from my students because I'm like, You still, can you see me? You still there? I don't think Wally can see. Can everyone see me? <laughs> everyone viewing this live, can you still hear me? Can you still, can you still hear me, <laughs> Wally? Can you still hear me? Can you can you guys still hear Wally as well? Can you can you hear me, Peter? Can you hear Wally? Oh, let me see. I think Wally might have clicked mute. <laughs> Look at him calling someone. <laughs> Let me type this. Have you clicked mute, Wally? <laughs> Worst case, we can shut it down and reopen it. I can't, I can't hear Wally. All right, let me, let me invite him back. <laughs> I bet he's stressed. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> he's calling. <laughs> there we go. Can you hear me? Right. Hey, okay. I think I'm sorry about that. That's all right, mate. No worries. Where was we? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't hear him again. <laughs> all right, here we go. Sorry about that. There we go. There we go. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Oh. Yes, I can hear you, George. Oh. No worries, mate. No worries. All good. Yes, yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, there's a there's a very slight delay with me speaking and coming back to you, I think, but we'll work around it. Um, I can't remember where we was at. If you remember, if you remember, I've not shuffled quite quite far in. Oh, uh, that's okay. Uh, wherever we are, we can plow forward and it's fine. I'm sure we'll come back to it. No worries. Um, what's the best advice you can give somebody starting out in this hobby? The best advice I think I mentioned earlier is to um, to be ready for all the don't expect things to go exactly and I be ready for that. But I think the guiding motto may be um, know your purpose for breeding. Are you and I, what I mean by that is I think it's hard to know the purpose.
think we lost Wally again. <laughs> What's going on, Aaron? I think it's, yeah, I think it's a Wi-Fi thing we've got an issue with here. It could, do you know what, Thomas? It could be all the fireworks and everything. It's, what's the time now in the UK? It's 20 to 12, so, yeah. Uh, let me, let me re-invite Wally. Let me give Wally a minute. Let me give Wally a minute. Just, it might be Wi-Fi. I know there's fireworks and everything going on at the moment, so, oh, there we go. Okay. There we go. It could be with all the fireworks and everything, Wally. It could be interfering with the oh with, with the connections because I can hear all fireworks over going on over here. <laughs> Fine. So I've uh, gone ahead and just moved right next to my router. So uh, anything might to help. So I think the last question you asked about the advice. And, yes, the best advice you'd give said, someone starting. Yeah, and. And it's to know their purpose. And I think without saying the different purposes, people who come in breeding often just think, well, I'm going to make babies. But um, why are you making babies? Is it to um, create a new morph? Is it to sell? You know, um, is it just to uh, do it as a hobby? Mm -hmm. You know, um, w without, the emphasis, without any emphasis on creating anything or selling, you know, so... I mean, those are three that's off the top of my head. And I think knowing which one would guide what one person is, how they're going to go about it. Because if you're going to go in to make money, uh, I think people need to realize it's very hard to make money. Mm. And you have a certain uh, volume to make enough. Yeah. So otherwise, making money, you know, um, then people say they want to, oh, I've heard from so many young breeders, I want to, um, create my own morph and and i think uh realistically and some of them don't understand um they could take five to years of work into something just to get somewhere yeah you know um and over the years in just in the three years i've seen so many people as new instagram followers come on to breed and then disappear a few months later so um but i think people need to know why they're coming in to do it and um and then be be ready to take it on uh, full speed uh, whatever they can. And I'll just say, as a f one of the things is, I've been lucky as a 47 year old guy who's been working my career for 20 some years that I make great money. I earn a living that I can pour money into my hobby. You know, in the last, I've been lucky to to do that. And I've heard so many people like, uh, life's hard when you're. A 20-year-old just working a low-wage job trying to pay rent and just think about buying geckos. So these are things that people really need to think about. So, um, you know, a, a great book someone, uh, someone to work on would be something like um, Before I Got Married, My Wife and I uh, 
went through a book together called A Thousand and One Questions to Ask Before You Get Married. And essentially, it was all those issues and things you could ask each other. And we asked mm -hmm. and we talked about it. I think um, someone really get, can make some money off of it if they get out there and say, hey, what are the 1,001 questions to ask before you start reading? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's, that's perfect good, perfect advice to give is don't, don't go rushing into anything. Always uh, think ahead. I know like when I first got into breeding, if I bought a gecko that um, hadn't produced any eggs yet, she wasn't a proven breeder, I'd think, oh, okay, I'm only going to get six eggs. Uh, but you never know you know that gecko could go on to produce you eight ten twelve eggs and a lot of new breeders they go out they, they get excited i was one i was excited i was, I was all, on all the websites we've got something called pre-loved here in the uk i don't know whether you have it in usa it's almost like a craigslist i've been searching leopard geckos every day and almost formed an addiction um so i always say slow down um work with what you like so if you like max snows it can be the best max snow it can just be your normal standards work with what you enjoy uh, i had a conversation with dc geckos uh, the guy who created the copper morph and he said to me what is a shit gecko sorry to any kids watching this what is a rubbish gecko there isn't right oh e exactly it and um and the the one challenge is um, just like life, so many unexpected things may come. No matter, no matter how you look ahead, and even the even the advice of work with what you really like is um, is hard because who knows if whether it's do you know enough about leopard geckos to be able to pick a gecko morph that you truly would like, or is it the craze that's out there like the black knights that you know I've heard so many people I want to get a black knight I want to get a black knight and um, you know, what do they really know about it? Or is it just a craze that's sort of influencing them to say this is what they like? So, and it's hard. It's the same as a, as a teacher. Like um, I mentioned earlier, before breeding, I was working with a tennis player and um, this amazing young girl I was working with, uh, every day I worked with her, teaching her something, I also learned something. And because I was, because she was such an amazing player to be able to do amazing things, um, because she was able to do it, it allowed me to see her see other things in tennis I wouldn't have seen because I'd never seen somebody do something to. It's kind of like the the um, you, you open one door and there's another two or three doors kind of thing. So you learn one thing, there's two or three new things you learn. So it's the tip of the iceberg metaphor, so to speak. So it's kind of like when people say, this is what I really like. Um, I've heard a number of new breeders this year alone that they they want to get this they want to get that they get it a few months later they want to sell yeah. it because they learn something about it and say oh you know so i think taking it really taking it slow is the key to be able to really enjoy every bit of whatever you want to work with and, and let that take you because so many young breeders are just listening to what's out there and and they're they're moving left and right like in you know, so, yeah, um, yeah I've had a lot this year. It's, I, th I think it comes down to natural human behavior as well. It's like, like, for example, clothing brands. Everyone wants the Jordans. Everyone wants the Nikes. But in reality, they're all the same. You could buy a pair of trainers. That ain't a brand, but they're all, all the same. So everyone always goes for these black knights. And like you said, they, they get, they'll get a 1.3 group. And then 
next thing you know, oh, they're, they're for sale. It's like, did you want to work with them? Was it just the name that drawed you in? And I think a lot of the time, I think a name does draw people in. It, for example, I'll be going through Facebook and I'll see a, a crazy tangerine and it's just been put a new name on it. It might just be the name of the gecko, be given a funky name, and I'll be drawn in, even I am. Uh, I, mean, I just think it's natural human be like oh I want it <laughs> so I just think that just comes to the natural human view but like you said uh, take your time it's no rush it's it, leopard geckos you, you cannot rush you cannot rush animals you can't rush nature just take your time anything could happen you you might have a female you've, you've fully invested in it you've imported it etc and she hasn't laid you any eggs it just happens. You, we, the, unfortunately, this hobby, we work with animals and we can't judge them. Right. And, and when you say take your time, it's, um, I remember one year ago when um, a particular gecko I got, it's a uh, red diamond crossed with a white little tremper. And I said, I love the red diamond. Ever since I saw it, I loved mm. it. And this was the close for me to get one. And I thought like, well, because... I'm in love with it. I want to produce something. And I remember one night I could not sleep. I was up, I think, planning for what I want to do for the next five to eight years to create my own version of it and how many years of line breeding and cross breeding I had to do. And then again, um, I've let that go. <laughs> and I've gotten different geckos. I still have those geckos with different plans, but but just in a matter of months, like I thought I was going to do something for eight years and um, let it go. So, um, and that's because when I, once I learn more about each morph and what what's in them and what they do, then that changed. So we, I need to be uh, people who are coming into the breeding hobby need to be. Um, like you said, slow it down. There are things you don't know, you know, that may change your mind. Definitely, definitely. Like like we keep saying, every every day's a school day. Uh, I was the same with the Red Diamonds as you. As soon as I saw one, I was like, I have to get one. And when the day I got one, I was so happy. And I crossed it this season to Copper. And uh, for me, the results have been amazing. Um for a fellow person working with Red Diamonds, do you still fully love the, the line? What else have you crossed it in? Because I, I, I want to learn. I want to know what, what other people cross Red Diamonds to because of I know sometimes with crossing lines, especially tangerine lines, you sometimes get mediocre sort of offsprings. You might get one or two that hatch fire. Um, but yeah, what, what have you worked in with the Red Diamonds so far? The only thing I've done is I, I got a pair of 1.1 of um, uh, red diamond cross with a white yellow tremper and I just bred it. And, and this season I did a lot of pairings and it was more um, for me to see what the babies look mm. like, to see what the development looks like. And it was more just learning, you know. Um, and so they came out looking great and all I did was reproduce to see what they look like from, from um, day one to, to a few months. I've kept a few. Um, so, um, but I did um, get a pair of uh, pure red diamonds and I'm looking, um, the thought right now is I want to uh, take that with a fireball mm. because of the um, origin of both with the, you know, from the Italian breeders with the tangerine and, and, um, and bold or bandit line. 
that they started with. So they both have that, that found that starting point. So that got me curious, like, you know what, let me see. So I want to do like a, a firebolt version of a red diamond tangerine tremper. Very nice. See what that, you know. A lot, a lot of this, uh, what we do is, I know we have to make sure they're genetically good. Like you obviously will pair a tremper to a tremper, not to a bell, but a lot of it is, seeing what happens like let's see that that could be in our in our visions we'd be like right okay that this could really work uh, a lot of it's trial and error a lot of people don't realize a lot of us breeders are just experimenting almost right and, and you know with that said i think that's another tip for um young breeders even if you get the two best geckos together um and you could have a you could have some hum some gorgeous babies but not all of them are going to hit. Mm. I think some of them think like a, a gorgeous pair and they're going to get six, eight or 10, however many babies and they're all going to be fire. And in the end, really like um, from experience with all my parents this year, I would say what I'm, if I hit, if 50% of them look amazing, I'm hitting it pretty high, mm. you know? So I think that's the one thing a lot of the young breeders also need to know. Uh, that's my experience is like, not all of them are going to look amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. From clutch, within the same clutch, the two babies may come out totally, totally different. different. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's the beauty. That's what I love about it. Is I've also hatched stuff. I'm like, oh, this, this, this is pretty average. And then next year, you know, it's it's blossomed. I know with my with crossing clown. All I can say to people, you can never judge a clown. I mean, I've hatched a few, and I've gone. Uh, it just looks pretty standard. They hatch very, looking very much like a normal, uh, with like a jungleish pattern most of the time. And um, yeah. there was this one I was like, man, this is just going to be like a normal. And oh my god, I don't know whether you've recognised the one I've posted. It's like a got these lavender bandings, and there's just something special about it. So yeah, I always say to people as well in breeding hold back your your geckos as long as you can because of then that true beauty comes out and i, I see so many people they they hatch a gecko they get it to 15 18 grams i used to be a courier driver as well for the in the uk i used to deliver and pick up people's reptiles and deliver it to them so i used to see geckos and i used to see things and i used to be like i, I can see the potential in that Do you know and this person might just think oh, i was just a tangerine tremper Six sixty pounds or whatever, and it, that's a little gem. So I always say to people, hold on as long as you can, um, because the true beauty comes out. And, and sometimes, um, I, I've heard this advice from um, uh, uh, from this guy uh, Matt Baronic, and he said, "Your breeding, it's a genetics. That's what's on the inside. You don't see. It's not always on the outside." Right. I, I know it's. It's a great start to have a beautiful gecko to start, but but if you're trying to do something with the genetics, and sometimes I've had people like turn away geckos because it doesn't look good to them. But mm -hmm. then, like I tell them, like you have to get it. The 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 genetics and this is amazing, especially like you said, if it's got down in it, you never know what you're gonna get. The colors of the rainbow. Yeah, that's the, this is what I love about leopard geckos. You just ne you never know what you're gonna get. What is your most enjoyable moment slash memorable moment of 2021 breeding wise? Oh, breeding wise, um, you know, I will say, um, despite having a lot of pairings, um, 
God, the, the one that really stood out for me um, would be my bolt stripes with the firebolt. Mm -hmm. um, it really be the best of both worlds where the got the colors of the firebolt and um, the stripes of a bolt stripe. So I got a number of those that came out that way. So they looked amazing because sometimes the firebolt have the color, but without the bold margins. Mm -hmm. So um, that, but I would say um, the best moment was um, picking up some, some breeders for next year. This, this season was, like I said, I did a lot of pairings, but it was about building stock um, for um, what I want to do in the future. And I picked up a lot of geckos. So like I said earlier, I picked up, up a pair of uh, red diamonds. I picked up a pair of red um, tangerine tornadoes. And, um, I have uh, I have three pairs I'm going to get uh, in. I've already got them on reserve. They're coming side of the pond. So that's my hint and what I'm getting. So, um, so as a breeder, not necessarily results because, like I said, I'm only three years in, and I don't think I've taken things far enough. Yes, it's exciting, but but I'm looking at the big picture that I don't need to celebrate anything big right now, you know, because bigger things are to come down the line. So, so that's what I've been doing this year is building breeders, collecting various uh, morphs to. Uh, to get set for future projects. Definitely. Do you, do you, I know I, I can tell you're very passionate about your teaching and stuff, but do you ever look at your geckos and think to yourself that maybe when you do step down from being a teacher or whatever, that you would consider having the reptiles, not as a job almost, because I know you, you enjoy it, but that would be something you'd be spending the majority of your time doing that makes sense but that will almost be your job while you finish doing your teacher stuff yeah yeah um i i would say if i could retire today i would retire today and and i um i wouldn't have uh my list would still be plenty long of to do what i want to do and i've actually what's funny is i've already thought about that i'm uh, 47 years old and i say like if i keep doing um, in about 12, 13 years, I'm hitting 60. That's re where would I be in the breeding? And I'm thinking, I'm looking at other people who have been in the business for over 10 years or the hobby for over 10 years. And I'm like, where would I be? And at the same time, I'm also thinking like, uh, can I, can I really go vacation with the wife? Can we, because <laughs> I can't leave who's going to take care of the baby. You know, that it's like, oh man, it's going to get mad. We can't have a, a real vacation because we can only go somewhere for two or three days and we got to be back. But um, but, but um, I do see this as something that I want to keep going. So um, as to somebody, you know, um, I wouldn't say it'll keep me busy enough like a job, but I've got, got um, like I said, this is my probably my fourth midlife crisis. <laughs> so I've got other things on back burners going um i was able to ever since i started coaching tennis i how to play tennis like i have um i used to run the marathon so i want to get back into running um i uh, picked up the guitar about um, 15 years ago or actually almost almost 20 15 or 16 years ago i started playing it and then uh once i got married with the wife and the kid came out and was like, can't make so much noise. <laughs> so I haven't been able to play as much. Um, I used to, 
uh, work out uh, in the weight room, the gym, and do personal training. So there are a number of things, you know, that um, I would say these are all things that I try to do. I don't do them as often. So um, whenever I retire from teaching, um, I can get to these other mm. hobbies and passions and so and leopard gecko will still be around for me. You, you seem like one of them guys that just love to be busy. Uh, I bet whenever your wife sees you stop something, like let's say you had a hobby in cycling and you stop, I bet she's like, oh, what's he going to jump onto now? <laughs> uh, I would say um, there's still two more. And, and she knows I'm, she makes fun of me that I'm like the guy with 10 jobs because I'm doing all these different things. But um, there's still two more. And, and I'm not sure about one of them, which is um, skateboarding. Mm -hmm. Uh, these are, and I think all these things I have, like say midlife crises are things I really didn't, couldn't do or didn't get to do as a kid. And say, you know, I'm an adult. I have the money, I have the resources. Um, I don't need to be old. I can live life and enjoy all those things I didn't get to do. But um, skateboarding, I'm, but all the guys who are good go through broken bones. And I don't know if I want to go through broken bones at this age. And, you know, it's hard enough when you're uh, eight and having aching knees having broken surfing will be the other one that that i've thought a lot about so um, all i say is fair play i just say all i say is fair play because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow right like, you want to do surfing right. in like australia said, I... in the, the the tiger sharks run water you do that <laughs> definitely like you said life is short and you know um there's one of, and it's one of those phrases that people say um and they've taken it from various disciplines but but one is um i tell my students um don't live to be alive be alive to live right so if you're alive to live then you can look for things to do and live an enjoyable life with lots of things with passion so look to live right that's uh what life is about so this is sort of why i do leopard gecko breeding too it's just one more thing to add to the list or they call bucket list things to do to your living definitely definitely i don't know if you can hear all the fireworks going on but it's actually new year's right now for me so i want to say happy new year's to everyone oh, yep. oh happy new year's uh you're uh you're in england yeah right? in england it's just hit 12 all the fireworks are going crazy we got we got london on the tv oh. right now all the fireworks are going crazy on the london tv it's just hope we have a better year this year because we've all had a dreadful year with COVID and everything. Yeah, you, you told me you guys have just had the, a fourth shut. So, um, so th God, that's tough. I know we have had ours and, and ever since things opened up with and uh, vaccinations going out there, they um, we really haven't had the shutdown. We just had restrictions, uh, but they they things going. But man, I know it's tough on the shutdown to to not be things and just be away from people. It's from people, but to be away is even more challenging. Yeah, so. I mean it's it's just a, just a, it's just a tricky situation. I mean to try and you know I, I'm vaccinated. Like when I go to shops, I put a mask on, and I know you won't be able to. Like we said earlier, with the uh, negativity, you're always going to have a couple of bad eggs. And unfortunately, with this COVID, there is just bad eggs, and 
it's just yeah we just got to just keep going forward and um I, hopefully the leopard geckos don't suffer from it so <laughs> i haven't spent so much time in my uh leopard gecko room these past couple of years than i ever have before and like the social media i've got a bit more time for social media because that's a job in itself with this you would know as well wally it, spending the time on your social media going through your messages you know when you like you said earlier, with the algorithm, you've got to post at certain times of day and you've got to keep on top of it. Otherwise, you drop back down. So, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it, it was sort of because of COVID. Um, I really, this year, got so busy into breeding because uh, in America, um, if you're not aware, um, because of all the COVID run shut down, um, everybody did homeschooling or online or just learning where we just had to open up a Zoom and, and do some presentations and the kids were at home. So I didn't, there was a lot more time left for me to, that not having to go into work and do the long days. And with the extra time that sort of pushed me more in my, my breathing mm -hmm. and doing more. But then this school year in September, having to go back full time, was like, whoops, I got so busy so i had to readjust but yeah it was sort of pushed pushed me forward even for now and you know, uh, how do you uh pull back a bit when and that's what i mean about life and how life will come at you in different ways and you have to make the adjustments to still push forward definitely i think i do think covid has brought people together a bit more than normal i mean uh like my mum and my parents street they all talk to each other now they never used to speak to each other before because when we had that first lockdown they set up like a chat where if anyone needed milk oh, instead of us all going i can go and get everyone's milk kind of thing so I do, and same with the breeding uh, i haven't spoke to so many people in the hobby than I have before that I have this year. Do you know what I mean? And I started in 2016. I got it the Instagram when it sort of first came about. So I've always sort of been on the social medias and stuff. And this year has for sure been the year I feel like everyone's sort of coming together and talking. Or people are more, you know, a, a, a few years back, people would be a bit more inclined. Oh, can I message Elite Geckos? Where people now are messaging like, hey man, let's just send you post the gecko. And then want to talk about it. So that's what the good plus side to COVID, I guess. Yeah, yeah, certainly, because that's how I was able to uh, meet, talk to a whole bunch of people. And then, um, like I said, going back to work, um, I the first thing I noticed is I just don't have the time to talk to people anymore. And that sort of changed. So, um, yeah, you're right. That's uh, the one thing about COVID is uh, I think it's people finally realize they miss each other and start talking definitely definitely anyway wally i think i'll uh i think we'll call that an episode for now it's, time's flown an hour's flown past so quick but that's that mean uh, the thing is with these short episodes that means we can do part two so part two will be happening next year all right awesome do you want to let people know where to find you and stuff like that wally um Right now, just on Instagram, Hard Rock Leopard Geckos. I am uh, in the works to start up a, um, a website, so that'll that'll come sometime in the near future. Um, and then I'm also on Morph Market, 
So, um, however, if you want to reach me, it's all just brilliant. I really appreciate you coming on, mate. You give some, you're you're a person. I know people will feel warm to come and approach you to ask for advice. You just have that sort of feel to you. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you was my teacher, I would be a lot smarter by now. Because <laughs> I oh. think you're awesome <laughs> for a teacher as well. You have that sort of like. If I was a student, you'd be the teacher. I could say, oh, sir, like, this has happened. Do you know what I mean? That's how you sort of come across. So a big thanks. And I hope, I wish oh. next year is going to be a great year. Like I said, we'll do another episode for sure. Uh, we've still got so many questions to answer. So we'll definitely do part two uh, next year when, you, when you're free for sure, mate. All right. Awesome. Happy New Year's, George. And you, mate. And you, everyone. Make sure you follow him. As always, this goes on YouTube, uh, podcast and everything. But be sure to follow Hard Rock Leopard Geckos. Fantastic geckos. Fantastic guy. Uh, I just appreciate him being on. And as always, Happy New Year, everyone. Hey, thank you, George. Happy New Year's, everybody. Thank you, Wally.